Welcome to the Auto-ish Podcast. I'm Pete, and that's Mike. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few different topics, but we'll start out uh, going over our first podcast and just uh, we'll make a, a minor correction and we'll start out podcast with that. Um, last week we were talking about um, Swordsman, uh, Bladesmith. Mike, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, just wanted to uh, to make a little correction on last week and and. Before I start that, I just want to say, um, tell everybody how much fun I had making episode one. It mm. really was a, a, a fun experience, and I'm looking forward to many more episodes. And I uh, wasn't really sure what to expect, but I have to say I really enjoyed it. So I uh, hope you all did as well. Um, so the, the correction that Pete's referring to is uh, in episode one, I'd referred to an episode on Tim Ferriss. And at the time, I didn't know the episode number and um, kind of misquoted the whole thing. So I wanted to just go over that real quick. Um, for all of you that want to check it out, it's Tim Ferriss's episode 236. So it goes back a ways. And the, uh, the guy's name is Carter Murray, and he's a 17th century bladesmith. Mm-hmm. And I had said 7th generation swordsmith or something crazy like that. But, you know, you get the gist. But I just wanted to make that correction because it's a really great episode. Um, and uh, I think anyone who's interested in that type of stuff should go back and give it a listen. So episode 236, Tim Ferriss. And I now have a pop filter, so I feel like a pro. <laughs> so It looks good. You got the arm going. Oh, yeah, Real. man. I'm all set up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so this week we're, we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, one of the more interesting podcasts that Joe Rogan's done. He's done a whole bunch of really fascinating uh, interviews. He's a very engaged listener. He finds very unique guests, whether it be uh, comedians to politicians. And, you know, sometimes it's these lesser known guys. Um, so, you know, Nick Yarish, um, really interesting story. Mike brought this to my attention, uh, listening to it in the car and, I, I'm not going to lie. I had to pull over there for a few minutes and just kind of regroup. I had to wipe some tears away. It was it was a tough, tough it's, story. It definitely, it's a tough yeah. um, interview. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't heard anything about this. I, You know, as I told the story about listening to the to podcast, I, you know, I found other people were aware of this story. I, mm-hmm. I had never heard of it, though. Um, and, and just so everyone knows, it's Joe Rogan's podcast, episode 1171. Um, and Nick was convicted of murder, rape, and abduction. Um, I believe it was in, in the 80s, like uh, mid-late mm-hmm. 80s, something like that. And uh, in, in an effort to try and get out of a lesser charge, he I believe he pled guilty or was right. kind of coerced into um, admitting some guilt in this, in this case. Um, and after 22 years on death row, was finally uh, acquitted with uh, DNA evidence, and it's it's a pretty amazing story. And mm. you know what what uh, had kind of moved me about the story, and, and um, you know why I told Pete I thought he should listen to it, and, and the rest of you out there as well. Um, he spent a lot of time, obviously, in solitude. He spent a lot of time reading books. He read over 9,000 books. And um, at the age of seven, had head trauma and had a speech impediment as a result, and worked very diligently to try and um, to work on his on his speech. And uh, was very eloquent, very well spoken, um, and 
just a you know a very depressing story but but uh, i think a really empowering story as well in some ways yeah yeah i mean <laughs> he had been through so many different traumas throughout his life in that first prison that he was in was so before the the rape and murder accusation um you know he had been in jail for for a stolen car and that particular prison no talking like yeah yeah you weren't allowed to have a conversation of any kind not with anybody or yourself right and they said that he was for two years which is crazy to think about um especially you know as he describes himself he was kind of a rambunctious energetic kind of he says it himself like kind of like a stupid kid yeah uh, you know a, a know-it-all brat right and i think he actually said at one point he got in trouble because he sang himself happy birthday right yeah and, and he said he took a beating for it um you know a really interesting story the thing i found most compelling in that right so you had mentioned the the speech impediment and overcoming it and how he did it and he said he read over nine thousand books and uh you know he wanted to be able to speak eloquently at his execution, which just the thought of that is, you know, heartbreaking, uh, you know, as, as an innocent man. But in the podcast, he's he's crying. Right? Oh, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. he's overcome. And he says to himself, like, I don't want to cry anymore. And, he's, and he stops. Yeah. And, you know, that mental ability to kind of overcome that and and then Joe's like, well, why, why are you crying? Like, what, what, it's okay. You don't have to cry, but why are you yeah, crying? Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, go ahead, cry. It's all right. right. I mean, you know, and God, he you goes, were on death row for 22 years. It's okay. Yeah. You can cry. And he says to Joe, like, I'm feeling emotional because I can see in your eyes how it's affecting you. That's why I said, like, he's such an engaged listener, Joe Rogan is. And, uh, you know, he could see that. And I, that, that was an interesting observation that here's this guy talking about these horrible things that have happened in his life like just over and over again and his concern was you know he's putting joe through some of yeah he was yeah absolutely he he was he he wanted to stop crying because he wanted to stop you know bringing joe down basically is what he was getting at right yeah which is really kind of a an amazing level of empathy yeah yeah and then the uh I haven't watched it. Did you watch the Netflix? He said that there was something 13. I don't uh, remember I, that. I didn't. And, and I, I do remember mentioning something. I think somebody was doing a documentary, which I think Nick had an issue with or something. But um, yeah, they, but I haven't. I, it, really, that's the first exposure I had to Nick. Yeah. And I haven't watched anything else yet. Right. Uh, but yeah. I probably will. Yeah. I'm he, there was something else he was saying that there might be a major motion picture kind of, you know, acting out his story, which I, you know, haven't seen that come out yet. Um, but certainly an interesting character. It'd be interesting to see how they bring him to life, whether it be in a documentary or in a kind of more dramatized version of it. I don't know how you make his story more dramatic than it already is. Um, yeah, it would be hard to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I, I think... Um, you know the the one part of the story which was amazing to me as well he he talks about how they stopped at this rest area he was being transferred from one prison to another prison there were two guards uh 
Yeah. They're in a in a police car and they stop at a rest area. It's because Nick had to use the restroom, and he goes to the bathroom. The cop is you know blocking the door, and when Nick's done, the cop goes, oh, you know, I I got to go next." So he so Nick walks out of the restroom, headed back to the car, mm-hmm. and the cop who's in the car waiting. Um, for the the officer who's in the bathroom thinks that Nick must have overpowered him and you know figures his partner's down jumps out of his car and fires a shot at Nick which you know thankfully misses him but he freaks out and runs right and he, he goes on the run and hi- hides in the grass gets away g- gets down to Florida and he's like you know what the hell am I doing right and I I, I and he turned himself in but yeah. I mean he, he was almost shot in the face. Just there's just so many things in his in his story that there's so many incidents like that are just really amazing. Yeah, it's a series of extraordinarily unlucky things and unfortunate circumstances, and then also a series of lucky things. It's you know this this cop like has a point blank shot misses, and then he doesn't even run far away. The way he described his running was interesting too because he's like I could feel the cop chasing me, and he decided to to run in the direction of a diner right because he knew that the cop wouldn't take a shot with so many pedestrians in front of him and and, and innocent people in front of him so he's like i ran towards the innocent people because right. the cop wouldn't shoot and but when he gets around the diner he ends up just falling in the grass laying out in the grass until they leave and he can actually overhear the two cops blaming each other this is your fault this is your fault, this is your yep. fault. and <laughs> exactly <laughs> like Guys, just look yeah, around. I think he said he was in the grass behind the cop. He ended up behind the cop car, yeah. like not far right. in the grass. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they never found him, and they 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 took off and left, and right. he, and he, he got away. He, yeah, he ran for four hours straight. He said, which is just crazy. Like you know, I just you know, like I said, extraordinarily unlucky events, and then some just really unbelievable things. And you know, it makes me think about like my life, and I'm like, well, what did I do today? What did I do this week? Uh, okay, I worked. Right, I had pizza. Yeah, well, I mean, you're saying lucky and unlucky, and I'm thinking about the DNA part. Oh, wow. So, you know, he finds out, he's in, he's on death row, he finds out about DNA evidence, I believe, from the O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah, it was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah, and he said, you know what, this is my way out of this. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a way now, like technology's caught up to this, and I'll be able to get out of here with this technology, mm-hmm. and... The way he tells the story, the, the the original DNA sample from Pennsylvania is sent to California to be tested. The box falls over and the sample spills out and it's contaminated mm. and dashes his hopes of, of being acquitted due to DNA evidence. And five years later, they find more DNA evidence or there's another way to test it. Right. Where they can determine that, yes, in fact, you know, it was somebody else and he mm-hmm. had nothing to do with it. And he, he truly is acquitted. Right. And it wasn't him. Yeah. And it was the judge who... So what sparked him to even have the DNA tested again wasn't Nick himself. It was the judge. And because Nick wrote the, the a letter to the judge that basically just said, I want to be executed. Yeah. Like, he's I, like, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on death row. Like, just let's do this. And the judge then reopens his case, looks at it and goes, well... But now that we can test this DNA, test it. Yeah. And 
you know, he gets the phone call and he's like, it wasn't even like necessarily a happy day. You know, the, his own lawyer was like, we used to make fun of you behind your back. And he's like, wow, yeah, wow, you're a jerk. Like, okay. Like, you know, it's yeah, just he's, like, he's, yeah, he was very emotional about that, right? that part as well. You yeah. know, there, there's the, 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 whether it was a public defender or his lawyer or whoever it was, yeah. who's supposed to have faith in him and, and believe in him says, yeah. you know, we just, we just figured you did it all along. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were, they were, their heart really wasn't in it. And the other thing I was thinking about was, it's related to this, but it's a little bit of a separation. Is the amazing ability that we have in our current age to hear this guy's story? Because you know, you go back, how how would we have ever known about these kinds of stories? You maybe would read about it in a book, maybe there'd be a newspaper article, but here we are, we can hear it firsthand from the individual in. It, you know, from his perspective, it's it's so fascinating. We have this opportunity to learn from it, to feel the emotions of it. We can put ourselves into Absolutely. it, and yeah. like, I, yeah. I think it, it speaks to podcasts too. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at a format where, I mean, that episode was had to be over an hour. Oh yeah, and and there's this open forum where, um, you know, on a podcast or in that environment, you're not restricted by commercials and mm-hmm. hard ins and hard outs and and you know sticking within these guardrails that yeah. that you know that traditional media has right and he can just tell a story yeah yeah it's um there's a writer that um i always enjoyed named uh named studs turkle and he would interview like working folk just normal people sure. and get and he had a way of asking questions that um elicited the person to maybe be a little bit more introspective in their own life than they normally would be and I it feels weird to say it because Studs Terkel is more of an academic kind of study on the American culture and life but you have Joe Rogan's kind of our modern day version of it he's telling different stories but in this case he's really asking this person this you know perspective on life and and how how interesting yeah. it is how he approaches it you know it. I, I think there's a reason that joe rogan's one of the top yeah. podcasts out there it's true and he's a good I, interview yeah he, he's he's great at interviewing people um i think if we ever get to the point where we're at episode 1435 <laughs> we'll probably be pretty good at it too yeah but, i think so um but uh and let's hope we get to that point yeah but, um but he he does ask really great questions mm-hmm. and um, and, and generally has really good people on because he, he is as good or at the top of the field. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really easy for him to get guests yeah. probably at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, people fight over that. Sure. That show, for sure. Um, switching gears, we're going to test out a new segment. Um, so our, our cool. new segment, just new things we're into. That's it. Okay. We should get a nice theme song for it. New things we're into. Yeah, we can come up with a cool theme song. Early 1950s, like, yeah. soap commercial. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> 1950s soap commercial. Cool. You know, uh, the funny thing is I can actually kind of picture that. Yeah. I, I got the sound in my head. I'm, Bling. Yeah, make that happen. Um, so the new thing that I'm into is my new car. Um, so I was driving a... 2002 Lexus IS and it was pretty beat 150,000 miles 
ate many lunches in there. Sure. Spilled many cups of coffee in there. Very reliable car, though. Yeah, reliable, although um, those tires with those rims, I probably went through three tires a year. Like, like just on flats. Like, just sure. hitting a bump. Not just the normal wear and tear. We're just talk, we're talking hit a, hit a solid bump and blew it out. Hmm. So, uh, a hard drive, but a fun drive. A little quirky car, but quick in traffic. Could move around, get around. Yeah, I mean, a good all-around right. vehicle yes good good commuter car um i don't think that car does any one particular job extremely well mm-hmm. it covers a lot of ground mm-hmm. it's just a good all-around car right reliable you know relatively good on gas mm-hmm. yeah gets the job done not going to draw a lot of attention yeah yeah um but it was time to retire that that vehicle and so we've moved on to my first bmw and yeah. all uh, right man the difference so it's a bmw x3 it's a 2016 and so obviously the cars are are night and day from a body style standpoint all that kind of stuff technology whatever yeah welcome to the club by the way man thank you thank you thank you the most striking thing about it is what a quiet drive it is it's it, absolutely they're they're all like that yeah. I mean, most of the models are in the lineup are like that but yeah yeah you know in new jersey we're constantly surrounded by traffic and cars and this and that whatever i i tell you one of the quiet quietest places in my life is now my car which was never the case yeah um, yeah they're, they're they're very known for that and that's you know and, and i'm sure you'll mention this as well but people have a tendency to drive faster in them they mm. really don't realize how fast <laughs> yeah. they're going yeah not just because the cars handle so well, but they are quieter, mm-hmm. and and you know that that reference, that frame of re- frame of reference that you would typically have in a car, that wind noise is just not there. Right, a hundred percent. I, my brother-in-law and I were driving to the Giant game uh, a few weeks back, and threw it in sport mode, threw it in manual, and we hauled, and it just went. It just went. It was great. Um, I mean, the other thing that really stands out is the braking um for such a yeah. for such a size increase in car i would have thought i would have lost something in terms of a brake not the case at all the car no, stops on no. a dime yeah the, the, every every bmw is made with um brakes that are essentially oversized they're they're larger than than the car would require by weight mm. um and that's you know that's the design characteristic it's a it's a performance characteristic of course um but it, it it leads to their their safety mm. and and i don't think a lot of consumers put bmw in that safety category They're, they generally put us in the um performance category yeah. you yeah, know it's, it, it's the sporty car yeah um but it's always been a very safe car and it starts with the brakes mm. it starts with that active safety stuff first avoid the accident first right you know if the car can stop 20 feet shorter because it's got larger brakes that 20 feet might be the difference in rear-ending that car in mm-hmm. front of you or, or hitting that deer or whatever the case may be. Right. We have a lot of deer in Jersey. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, as somebody who's originally from Vermont, I've seen more deer in Jersey than, yeah. than I did in the whole, crazy. My whole upbringing in Vermont. <laughs> um, a lot of deer on the side of the road, too. Yes. They're sleeping. Yeah, yes. And that's what my wife says. Yeah, yes, they're, they they're, just, they're just having a little nap. A little that's nap, all. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean the brakes are something that that most people. It's one of those things that they that they notice right away. Mm-hmm. The brakes are a little sensitive. They're you know the car stops really well. There's yes. a lot really good feedback in the brake pedal. Um, 
but that's one of those those safety frontline safety things that's that you can't explain to people yeah so you just have to feel it yeah um, as we get into this segment and do more uh, versions of it, I'm sure the things we'll, we're into will get a little quirky and a little weird and sometimes... Oh, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I think we'll always come back to talking about BMWs at the end of the day, and, and that'll be always a new thing uh, that we talk about. So Yeah, you know, I'm a, I've got a pretty deep knowledge of the brand. I've been with BMW for over 20 years at this point, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I know a couple things about BMWs. Absolutely. Well, uh, that'll be our teaser for episode three, because I think we're going to get into some good stuff there. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, is there anything you'd like to add as we wrap? Yeah, you know, I could talk about BMWs for like the next six hours, I'm yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> but in, in the event that I don't mention this in in one of the future episodes, as we're talking about BMWs, maybe. Uh, and, and because I just told this story th- mm. this weekend, um, and... Uh, and as I mentioned to you earlier, and, and I'll tell the audience as well, I just came back from uh, Boca. I was down in Florida at a BMW event, um, and it was the America's Brand Summit. So BMW introduced and, and basically let us see all the upcoming product, the future cars, uh, that the public won't see for, in some cases, another year from now. They took our phones. We had to go through security. <laughs> they, they, you know, they had wands, and they... It, it was nuts, but they wanted to make absolutely sure there were no cameras, no spy glasses, no phones. I mean, there was no way to get pictures of these cars. But I did see the new M3, the new M4. Mm. I had a chance to see the new 2 Series Grand Coupe, which is coming out very soon. Actually, we'll have that in another month. Um, that, that'll be out in February of 2020. So we're looking forward to that. I saw the new M Next, which is basically the i8 replacement. Mm. So same thing. Um pivoting gullwing style doors uh very lamborghini-ish very cool car um they're talking about north of 600 horsepower so it will be a true supercar that, mm-hmm. that thing's pretty cool the i next is an all-electric um suv essentially you mentioned horsepower did you see the news today on hummer no so they're going to bring a hummer out again but a, an electric hmm. and thousand horsepower yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, uh, electric motors are capable of a of a tremendous amount of horsepower, primarily torque. I mean, they're they're capable of instantaneous, yeah, just gobs of torque. But just surprising, like a car that's going to be that big to beef it up that much, and then it's like zero to sixty in like three, whatever, three seconds, two point eight seconds, yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, it, it's the same thing as the Teslas. I mean, yeah. they're they're capable of just it's crazy. In, same blistering zero to 60 times yeah yeah so. well i want to hear more about the 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 cars about bmw let's save that for episode three cool um yeah. we'll take it from there this has been the auto ish podcast with pete and mike thank you for listening and we'll see you next time